0: One of the most remarkable trials on record, one of the most traumatic events, too, in American what? Cultural history, or perhaps countercultural history, is the basis of a quite remarkable book, Helter Skelter. And the two authors, Vincent Bugliosi, who was the prosecutor in this case, and Kirk Gentry, who was a very excellent writer himself. And it's a recounting of this case that is more than a a case, it's about our society as well, and how come, how come it ever happened. J- Norton, the publisher of this book of which you'll hear a great deal Helter or Skelter. Uh, we'll hear my two guests in a moment, too after this message.
1: strong in your mind.
0: So long, you got love on your heart. One of the lyrics. Who is that singer? A gentle voice. Uh, could it be <laughs> David uh, Could it be Mick Jagger, who is not gentle? Be one of the scores of gentle singers of what may call soft rock, perhaps. Well, he has followers. He's distinguished, not distinguished so much as renowned and celebrated. Distinguished in some quarters, yeah. And he's one of his admirers. And what she has to say about him, and why she followed him and admired him so much, too.
1: He is the only man I've ever met that speaks the truth. And, um, for those that don't love the truth themselves, the truth in themselves, um, it's hard for some to hear. But it just is. He doesn't judge you. You can only judge yourself. You can't judge him. He's a man. And uh, he's my brother. And Mommy and Daddy, you know, uh, that's just a trick. That's just a trick they played on you. There's only one. All the young know that there's only one and the soul moves through everybody and it speaks through all sorts of tongues. And all the music you heard before, uh, Charlie's music, uh, it all says the same thing. The soul is speaking through one voice and it's crying to be free. Family Is uh, is really so big? A lot of you out there are, are are family. There's only one family, you know.
0: And so, with admiration, her name is her her nickname is Gypsy. Catherine Sher is her name, right? She's talking about uh, who? Who was the guy? It's Charles Manson, isn't it? So there, I said a renowned, celebrated name. And Vincent Pagliosi and Kurt Gentry have put together the book. Vincent was the prosecutor of the case, when the longest the longest murder trial on the record. The true story of the Manson murder. Skelter, Skelter. So in hearing the voice, the voices, thoughts, uh, Vince, because you be you became very involved in this matter.
1: Right.
2: Well, he's he's an amazing figure, Charles Manson, um uh, studs. He's not someone to be taken lightly. He's not a mediocre person. As Linda Kasabian, the star witness for the prosecution, testified at the trial, Charlie's a heavy dude. You notice in his song, he talked about love. Mm -hmm. He always preached love, Mm -hmm. but this incredible family, his followers were called his family, they practiced murder. This book right here goes into uh, the complete story of the Manson murders, primarily the Tate-LaBianca murders. There were seven murders on August the 9th and 10th, 1969. But we also point out in this book, and we show the connection, the possible connection between Manson and his family in a total of 35 murders. Uh, You'd be hard pressed if you uh, scoured the face of this earth to come up with another crazy group of people Mm -hmm. like Manson and his family whose religion was murder, yet constantly they spoke about love and Mm -hmm. beauty and happiness. Well, Kurt, we'll keep this open,
0: uh, both of you, Uh, the book and Manson. He talked about love, and oh, and there's a great deal of banality here. The cliches are used throughout as commercials talk about love, as we hear talk about love, don't we? Isn't it, this is more than the Manson case, isn't it, this book, and the whole, the whole trial. It's more than
3: Charles Manson. It's almost as if the 60s came to a culmination in Manson, and Manson himself. But Manson took a lot of these banalities and a lot of profound truths. As one of the witnesses in the trial, Charlie could take a truth and make it into a lie. Uh, he just had, a, uh, he would pick up all sorts of things from Scientology, the process, the Dale Carnegie course, from his prison background, from being a pimp. Astrology. Uh, astrology, and in a certain sense, whatever his followers wanted to hear, yeah. whatever worked with him he used. Did he have, and, I, and one of the bumper stickers
0: was America, love it, or leave it. Did he have a peace symbol too? I'm curious. A
2: peace symbol. You know,
0: and the bumper sticker. Oh, I was just loving to leave it, and they Cal. On the flag decal. On the on yeah. the bus
3: that was up at Barker Ranch. No, yeah. I don't think so. But it was uh,
0: loving to leave it. But to we Ch- don't even know. Charlie um,
3: uh, didn't like to call his group hippies, uh-huh. because he said the hippies broke off from the establishment, and all they did with their strange clothing and everything else was start their own establishment. So he preferred to call them slippies. Uh-huh. And as you know. From the book when when he was rehearsing them for the tape although they didn't know what they were being rehearsed for when he rehearsed them for the Tate lobby anchor murders they would dress in dark clothing and they'd slip they'd pick a house completely at random in Los Angeles and they'd slip in at night and sometimes they'd steal things but other times they would just move the furniture around so when the people woke up in the morning everything would be changed and th- that's why they call them creepy crawly missions Dress
0: rehearsals for murder. See, You he, he said uh, culmination of the 60s, yet it was a perverse culmination
2: of a certain aspect of the 60s. Charlie himself was violently anti-black, wasn't he? <clears throat> yes, he was anti-black. And one of the curious things, if you look at his prison records, there's some reference there to the fact that his father, whom he never met and whom he did not know, may have been a black cook. And I asked Manson during the trial, I said, Charlie, uh, uh, are you part black? He says, No. Uh, the interesting thing is that there's a tremendous parallel between Manson and Hitler, and uh, historians say that Hitler may have contained the blood mm. of the people whom he tried to kill. Uh, they did, say that perhaps Hitler yeah. did, had some Jewish blood in him. But, but did Charlie, he,
3: he liked Hitler. Charlie called, a very chilling remark, Charlie called Hitler a tuned-in guy who leveled the karma of the Jews. And he said that he had the right answer for yeah. everything. He Hitler looked up did. to him, he emulated him, he obviously emulated Rommel, with his desert corps, the Charlie Charlie's dune buggy group, there are a lot of parallels. Vince could th- could cite yeah. some of the parallels, with the amazing parallels yeah. between them. Thinking but of Ch- how come Charlie? Now he come, he had
0: a, a background that uh, involved prisons and a runaway family, but how come Charlie was little, a little guy was five it? two. How come he had the whole family? Who was his family? Describe.
3: Hitler Hitler was a, Hitler was a little guy too. Yeah.
2: you know. <laughs> Who was the family? So was Stalin. You know. Who it? you want to describe
3: the family? The family, they were, Charlie came along when the Haight-Asbury was in full flower. In fact, it was just almost ready to go to seed. And Charlie picked up the, the runaways, the dropouts. He picked up people that, uh, the, a lot of them had good backgrounds. Let's say uh, one of the girls, Sandra Good, his father was a prominent stockbroker. Um, another one was an aeronautical, uh, parents were. The father was an aeronautical engineer. Um, a number of them, Mary Bruno, the first member of the, the family, had uh, a degree from the University of Wisconsin, was working as a librarian. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't, a, these weren't dummies. One of the Charlie was a lot smarter than they were, yeah. and, and uh, they weren't aware of it. But uh, they, he took, they were primarily from the middle class, but the, they had several things in common. All of them had dropped out, almost all of them had dropped out before they met Charlie. All had a very strong antagonism, the establishment and all the cliché forms, mm-hmm. but also a seething.
2: Now they were never
0: politically inclined, back. were they?
3: Were
2: they politically inclined ever? Oh, any well, of them? Uh, uh, from the standpoint of joining a political organization, yeah. getting actively yeah. involved in politics, yeah. no. But I mean, they, they, were, were, they were. Were there ever, uh, say, in
0: peace demonstrations? Any of them? I don't believe so. I think, no. I think drugs are a lot more important. Ah, than that's you know, yeah. The reason I, I ask this, not just trying to, because I'm thinking of Charlie's song about love. think? Right. I'm thinking about uh, the gypsies, this girl's reference to him as a man who never, you know, uh, put down, you know, them. You know?
2: And yet the basis is banality, the banality of their lives. The grossness, yeah. banality. We might point out, Studs, that uh, uh, these members of his, f- of his family actually thought that Charles Manson was a second coming of Christ. And he did not do anything to uh, disavow them of that belief. Uh, the name Manson, when I first confronted it, of course, sounded like a typical Anglo-Saxon name, but it's, it's not. It's a very powerful name, Man-Son, mm-hmm. and he was aware of that, and uh, he even changed his middle name from, uh, from Mills to Willis, and he used to say, Charles Will is Man's son. Mm-hmm. So he, he did have a powerful name to go along with this Christ-like figure that he was trying to create. Uh, how come? How come he had this hold? How uh, the circle? Of many young girls in the circle,
3: and there were some guys in it too. And he became the the, the you the mean the molder?
2: You mean what technique did he use? Sure. Or what? Well, I
3: think even before you get to the technique, yeah. I think there's there's obviously something missing in their lives. They were looking for a leader in leaderless times. They were following, like everyone else. The period, of, a lot of people in the period of the hate were looking for a, a guru. And Charlie came along, mouthing the right words, the right things but as Vince, Vince can describe better how how he was able to take this initial thing and then co- and convert right. these people right. into Right, right. Manson had killers. the
2: raw material to work with stud, uh, studs, I'm sorry, but with that raw material, he very effectively utilized LSD, which is a mind-altering drug it tends to make the person using the drug more vulnerable to the influence of third parties. He used all types of perversion. When a new girl or a boy would join the family, the first thing he would have them do would be to have sex with, the same gender, uh, homosexuality, lesbianism. This was very common in the family. Manson's purpose was to get the girls and and the boys to eliminate their their pride and their ego and therefore be much more susceptible to him. As Kurt pointed out, he's very bright. Uh, The last IQ we could get on him was 121. Uh, He was much more clever and insidious than other members of his family. He used to preach to them on a day-to-day basis. He said that they had been programmed by society, schools, churches, families, and it was his job, he told them, to unprogram them. What he did not tell them is that in the pro- process of uh, unprogramming them, he was reprogramming them to be his slaves and his followers. We also have to point out that uh, he is a charismatic figure, a uh, magnetic figure, uh, certainly not in our world. If we were to see Charlie, we'd wrap him up in a little ball and throw him away, but he didn't move in our world. He moved in the offbeat, dropout world of the hippie. And in that world, uh, the evidence is unmistakably clear. Oh, he was
0: anti-hippie, yeah.
2: Yeah, right, right. But many of the things, many of his beliefs, of course, were uh, consistent with hippie beliefs. In that world, uh, the evidence is clear that people gravitated towards him, many people did. And within a short time, he was dominating them. He was a chameleon, he changed to fit the occasion or the person to whom he was talking. He said he was a reflection of what everyone wanted to see. Uh, these are some of the things that enabled him to gain control and iron control over these people. Was there a common attribute of the people who
0: gravitated Charlie Manson? I would say
2: attribute? hostility towards society, which pre existed Charles Manson. And you might say that he was the catalyst that uh, translated this hostility into violence and uh, murder. Uh, many people did confront Charles Manson when he and his family were traveling up and down the state in that black bus in California. Uh, But they they didn't want anything to do with Charlie because they recognized how exceedingly dangerous he was. Those that stayed with him, Studs, uh, they found the black-hearted medicine that he was peddling very palatable to them. So just like water seeks its own level, I think each group tends to seek its own kind. What
0: what do you think Kurt was missing in in, uh, Charlie's followers' lives?
3: I think it varied from person to person that was one of the incredible abilities that Manson had that he seemed to focus on everybody's need if a girl wanted to see him in a father figure wanted to see a Christ figure wanted a leader wanted a lover Charlie seemed to just fit into the roles he seemed to psych out people with amazing skill when he'd take a new girl in the family he'd have sex with her but it wasn't like casual sex because Charlie would stay with a, n- a new person maybe 48 hours or three or four days and give them total absolute complete attention as if they were the whole focus of his life and these g- these kids hadn't had that kind of thing they hadn't had anybody yeah. a plain girl uh, so-called plain girl that all at once has somebody telling her that she's the most beautiful thing in the world that's yeah. like Bruner like Mary Bruner yeah, right, yeah
0: but now come to something else as you're talking and reading your book You say Charlie had an IQ 120. Wasn't there something missing called feeling, feeling? He says here somewhere, what was Charlie's philosophy re-death? Oh, was it wrong to kill a human being? No. Was philosophy re-death? There was no death to Charlie's way of thinking. Death was only a change, soul or spirit. So obviously there is no death. Oh, it says, death to Charlie, Greg, Mm -hmm. was no more important eating an ice cream cone. Well, if death isn't then therefore life is too.
2: Right. Well, Charlie preached that everything in life was beautiful, there was no such thing as right or wrong, that death was beautiful, but we have to add one thing Mm. by way of footnote and Mm. underline the footnote. He fought very hard for his own life. Mm. So he did believe in death, death in the Mm. conventional sense when it came to himself. He fought for his own life very hard.
3: He speaks very, taught them to speak and he spoke himself throughout about all this love for brother, how the family would stay together and there was a great Tremendous unity. Family was not a wrong word for this mm-hmm. whole group. But Charlie had no hesitation in sending all of his brothers and sisters down the tubes when it came time to mm-hmm. save his own life.
2: Well,
0: that's close to Watergate, isn't it?
2: That's in, a right. in a personal conversation I had with Manson, and I might point out that prosecutors rarely if ever speak to defendants during a criminal trial. But this was a nine-and-a-half-month trial, and Manson always wanted to rap with me and I was willing to rap with him because I wanted to get an insight into him so that when he took the stand I could crack him. And he used to tell me all types of revealing things such as he didn't give a a, a doggone about these girls. He says, I'm the most selfish guy in the world.
3: He says, I couldn't care less about these girls. And they were willing to go to the gas chamber for him. But he had these conversations with Vince. He'd call Vince up into the lockup and they'd talk for hours. Vince never requested to talk to Charlie. And he'd bring him in and yet at the same time he was on on uh, Manson's death list. And, and Manson a made sure he knew. Yeah.
0: Now, I so see you are on Manson's death list, and there was a lawyer, the defense lawyer named Ronald Hughes, who wound up dead, too. How could this be? If he's uh, in custody uh, and the members of the family were, was there a general cancerous heir? There was one witness me.
3: on the stand. The defense attorneys were trying to ridicule him. It was a spawn ranch, cowboy called Juan Flynn, a big husky guy. And they kept saying, well, how can you be scared of Charlie? He's over there in the lockup. He uh-huh. can't He can't touch you. And he said, he, had, he was a Panamanian cowboy, and he had bad English, and he sort of stumbled. He expressed it very articulately. He said, I'm not scared of Charlie. It's uh, the reach he has, you know. And each of these girls on the outside, so fanatic to Charlie, were his reach. They were his extensions. Charlie said, go kill uh, someone. They yeah, did it, and they did it. Fanatical
2: followers. They got X's carved on their foreheads. Uh, Charlie carved an X on his forehead, and they followed suit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the trial, he converted his X into a swastika, mm-hmm. and a couple of them did that too.
0: Yeah, you know, most most of the followers
2: say were from middle class families. Or a great many were middle class yeah. families. Well, Susan Atkins yeah. sang in the church choir. Uh, uh-huh. Patricia Krenwinkel went to a Jesuit uh, college, and. Alabama, uh, Leslie Van Houten was a homecoming princess. Tex Watson was a football, track, and basketball star at North Texas State. Uh, average American kids, uh, however, w- with much more of a deep hostility towards society than the typical girl, boy next door. And this book traces how they uh, dropped out of society, got involved with drugs, and eventually ended up with Charles Manson and fell under his domination, a very powerful personality. Yeah, see, I'm reason- I see. Hostile to society. See, I'm thinking there were uh, at
0: this time. Here's a case of the 60s, really There was freedom summer. hmm There was the peace demonstration Love ins, be But you see they were never part of freedom summer Were they part of peace de- See, I think this is the thing we have to sort of keep very clear if we can, you know they had no interest then really in the society, did they?
3: But you remember so, this time when the Berkeley s- Free Speech Movement yeah. was going on, things like that. There's also a, a whole large group of people that said, don't bother to vote because there's no sense in voting yeah. for anybody right. in the an establishment. Don't bother to do this. Yeah. And the whole the forming of the idea that you can't work within and change the establishment, but you have to hit it from the outside with violent change, yes. was going through a real evolution. of Yeah, but
0: they time. weren't working to change the establishment, were they? Oh were they? Or what to overthrow it? Over what? In what way? Or let's choice. talk about that.
2: What way to overthrow the establishment? Well, <laughs> the the name of the book, Studs, as you know, is yeah. Helter Skelter. Yeah. Now, uh, Manson was an avid follower of the of the Beatles, and he was a g- guitarist himself, and he believed uh, very passionately that the Beatles were speaking to him through the lyrics of their songs. These two words, Helter Skelter, were actually printed in blood, as were other Beatles' words. Uh, on the refrigerator door at the LaBianca residence. To Manson, Helter Skelter referred to the Black-White War. He was trying to foment this war by making it look, by framing black people for these murders, making it look like uh, they had committed the murders. Thus, using the word pigs that was used to extent. Yeah, right, by right, and right he, uh, right. right, they used the word pigs because mm-hmm. blacks were calling mm-hmm. the establishment uh, pigs at that time, and in his sick, warped mind, he mm-hmm. thought this would cause the white community to turn against the black community mm-hmm and ultimately lead to a black-white war which he called Helter Skelter. Mm-hmm. He said it was a black man's karma that the black man was going to uh, win this war but because of inexperience would be, able to, uh, would be unable to handle the reins of power and would therefore have to turn over the reins to those white people mm-hmm. who had survived Helter Skelter, i.e. Charles Manson and his family. So Charlie thought that this Helter Skelter was going to end up in his being the leader of the world. It's pretty far out, yeah. but if you
0: read the book, it's now, true. No, no, this is it. So he
2: saw Helter Skelter. This, this, this He saw the blacks as really inferior people. Yes, he thought that they were subhuman, mm-hmm. uh, less evolved than the white man, and he said that when they turned over the reins of power to him, he this would pat Blackie on his you know. kinky hair, kick him in his butt, and send him on his way yeah. to picking cotton.
0: You know what's funny about this? I, I'm thinking, you know, so many thoughts. This book is a remarkable one, by the way. <laughs> Must reading. Because it makes you think of other things. I think of... He thought that very, we have academics today who say that blacks are genetically inferior to whites, see. And I think, well how far removed is that from Charlie Manson? Kind <laughs> of think this is incredible, see. Charlie was a racist, yeah. So, the, yes. so the, no, the Manson case, to me, is more than the case of a, of a psychotic, you know, someone who was, whose banalities became psychosis and his followers, right? right. But it, it, I could ask you this question. Do you think, when you said life was absolutely meaningless, you know, we'll come to Susan Atkins in a moment, her thoughts when she right. killed Sharon Tate you think there would have been a Manson case where there no Vietnamese war?
2: It's a tough one, I know. See, is that? that is so uh, speculative. Uh, I would think that the Vietnamese war was a small contributing factor to the anti-establishment feeling that this group had, but I, I, I wouldn't think- well,
0: I don't think mean anti I mean the fact that life,
2: <laughs> that human
0: life, was mm-hmm. so insignificant,
2: possibly mm-hmm. as a contributing
0: factor, but I... think they
3: used I that I as justification later. The girls okay. would say, you know, you'd talk to the girls. I've talked to them. Vince talked to them. You'd say, um, how could you, you know, how do you justify these seven murders? And they would say, oh, people are being killed all the time in Vietnam, but it was a justification thing mm-hmm. after the fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these kids may have, mm-hmm. the war may have turned them against society with like it did a lot of other people before they met Charlie, but as far as within the family itself, it wasn't a, no, it was I was such a complete th- world yeah. in Charlie's philosophy yeah. that...
0: No, that's my point, I was thinking exactly the opposite. <laughs> I was thinking that Helter Skelter, to use the word in its traditional meaning, confusion, was so much part of our life that uh, mm-hmm. we justify something that was quite barbaric, then along comes this guy, Scientology, Astrology, Karma, uh, the process. Right. Well, in this framework,
1: And the girl's
0: looking for what, you know, looking for what? For some wild, strange kind of
3: answer. Along comes... Like uh, Kurt says, looking for a leader in leaderless (coughs) times. They seem to have found it. You'll talk to them. It's it's the aura of the true believer, but they have the most beatific faces. They look so innocent. They've they've found all the answers, and the answers are all Charlie. It's just a simple little world to them. Everything's tied up. Let's take a slight pause, and I'm talking to Vincent Bogliosi and Kurt
0: Gentry, who've put together this quite remarkable book. Uh, Mr. Bogliosi was the prosecutor of the case, and we'll ask him about his own involvements. they emotional as well as legal in, in, uh, with the Manson family in this long trial. Uh, the, published by Norton, it's a book of the month club and it's received very enthusiastic reviews. But it's, uh, to me, I see, I, see, I see more than Manson here. I see uh-huh. uh, parts of very much, many, much parts of our society. Too. We've got to see more of the Manson. Oh, man. I hope so. <laughs> In a moment, we'll resume the conversation. Resuming the conversation with Vincent Pagliosi and uh, Kurt Gentry and uh, Helter Skelter, subtitled The True Story of the Manson Murders by uh, two guys who should very well be acquainted with it, one being Vincent himself, the prosecutor, Oh, you were saying something more about so there would be
2: no misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think the point should be made clear that, uh, at least in, in, in my opinion, Manson and his family are not representative of the anti-establishment movement in this country. In fact, uh, several underground newspapers, which are iconoclastic and always attacking the establishment, attacked Charles Manson. If anything, they said, uh, he hurt the anti-establishment no. No. movement. because the counterculture movement in our society, at least at this stage, is very, very peaceful. Now, Manson, uh, who professed murder, conceivably could be a germ in our society. He could be a foreboding extension of where the counterculture movement is going. Well, uh, I, Maybe 15, mm. 20 years from now, maybe this, uh, the same movement may be resorting to violence. Isn't, but isn't it that there's several,
0: several counterculture, there isn't any one. Of course, And true, that, like the like one less confusion like you know, things spread out and true. become so, You'd true. have to
3: include the weatherman in the counterculture, you'd have true. to. Vince, have I think, was talking in terms of the peaceful, peaceful yeah, indeed on the yes, yes, people, indeed, in the counterculture. People who are against uh, the bar, I think. Manson
2: so. was, uh, he was many, many things, but uh, sophisticated con man, a vagrant uh, wanderer, uh, but be- beneath it all, he was a cold-blooded killer. Uh, who cleverly masqueraded behind the common I- image of a hippie, that of being peace-loving. But so there's something, as we opened with a singing a song. He wanted to be a star. And somewhere
0: he said, I wanted to make the world stand up and take notice of no me. No question about it.
3: I Don't we come to a key here? Today. He did it. He certainly did. The prominence of his victims, not only the, the tate Bianca victims, but also the others like Frank Sinatra, Elizabeth Taylor, and Tom Jones who were on his death list.
2: Yeah, he intended to kill several celebrities in the most hideous of fashions. And uh, Burton, Tom Jones, Steve McQueen. There's nothing quiet about these murders. Even Elizabeth the whole, Taylor. Yeah. They, they were, were all scheduled. scheduled. They were all yeah. scheduled. But these on are them. celebrities, That's right?
0: Yes. Uh, so if you kill a celebrity, you become
3: a celebrity. That's very good. Right. That's true. That's and true. And he couldn't make it any other way. Mm-hmm. Any Charlie
2: was a megalomaniac, and he. No way Arthur Bremer. Mm-hmm. Right. And we go on, so,
0: uh, see, he, so he became renowned and the world did sit up and take notice. And then we come to one of his followers, Susan Sadie, Susan Atkins. And what was her reaction when she killed Susan Tate?
2: Sharon Tate, the actress? Sharon well, Tate. Sharon, as you know Studs, was eight and a half months pregnant. And uh, although Sharon had ingested drugs prior to her uh, pregnancy, once she became pregnant, she was looking forward so much to that child that she wouldn't even drink a cup of coffee and uh she begged and screamed for her life and for her child's life she says please she begged to 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 susan atkins please let me have my child and susan atkins looked at her and said look bitch i have no mercy for you and proceeded to stab her to death and then the vampira actually tasted her blood
3: this from a new mother Susan yes,
2: Watkins. as Kurt points out, oh. Susan Atkins herself had just given birth about mm-hmm. two months earlier to a little boy mm-hmm. whom she named Zizo Zozie Zadfrak. Mm-hmm. You all said, wow, they were beautiful people. They were the beautiful. Victims. So there again, we come to, she said
0: it was no big deal. Somewhere there was no particular feeling. Now, there was a certain other case cracked the same time as the Manson case, the case of Lieutenant Kelly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What Callie say when he killed people, me it was no big deal. Isn't this now that's what I'm that's what I'm reaching for here? Isn't this what the Manson case
2: is really about? Striking out at symbols that uh, killing as, as opposed to human beings. A life is no big deal. Yeah, they place no value on a human life, but we always have to add studs. That they did place a value on their own on life. their own lives. We yeah. have to add that. Well,
0: William Kelly certainly values his own life.
2: That's why I asked you earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you think
0: this case Manson would have been the phenomenon to you know, he was and the followers were
3: there no Vietnamese war? That's why I asked it. You see, yeah, it's so hard to yeah. take all the elements that went into this, and especially a case that had so many complex elements right. in it, and to take out to say if this hadn't have happened, if that hadn't happened. You know,
0: in in uh, all my life I've been putting little slots, said Charlie, somewhere during the trial, didn't he? Didn't all my life I've been putting little slots. Said Charlie Madden. Oh, said Charlie yeah. Mack. Yeah. yes.
3: Whether yes. it was a prison cell or yeah. being categorized mm-hmm. as this right. or
2: that or the other thing. Right, and he was just breaking out from these slots.
0: And, uh, and also, though there, there was a comedy made, it didn't really matter, Somewhere, God was
2: getting ready to pull the curtain. So there was this attitude. Judgment Day was
0: coming. Yeah, ju- Armageddon,
3: yeah. yeah, it was on t- the whole final with, holocaust. With
2: respect way. to that, we might we might point out that uh, we were talking about Manson being an eclectic and borrowing his ideas from diverse sources. Yeah. Uh, one very prominent source he borrowed it from was Revelation 9, a chapter in the last book of the New Testament. Manson knew Revelation 9 backwards and forwards. And I think we should also add that uh, the Beatles song, Revolution Nine, Mm -hmm. uh, at least Kurt and I believe that the Mm -hmm. Beatles were in fact in that song referring to Revelation Nine. If you Mm -hmm. listen to Revolution Nine, it's not a typical song. It's just machine gun fire, Mm -hmm. the oinking of pigs, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And Manson believed that uh, the Beatles were the four angels referred to in mm. Revelation 9 and of course the book of Revelations is the last final yeah. destructive war yeah. on the face yeah. of this yeah. earth yeah. and in his sick mind I yeah. think he yeah. was thinking in terms of his helter skelter yeah. being the Bible's
3: apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. But when you speak of the Beatles in that context in fact Jan, uh, John Lennon did say that that was what this was the final, final war what yeah. they were trying to portray in that song but you've got to make a distinction between what Charlie thought and what um, of course. The, the Beatles were not encouraging this. No, they're, no. Uh, they are portraying it in sound. But to right. Manson, they taught it to his followers. They were saying, come on, Charlie, get it on. This is the time to start it. Take, take the Beatles' song, Blackbird, which is recorded by other
2: artists. Uh, the lyrics say, the blackbird should fix its wings, rise up and fly. The key word is rise. Manson black told his family that by blackbird, the Beatles meant the black man. And they were telling the black man yeah. to rise up against the white man. So the killers printed the word rise mm. in blood mm. at the La Bianca mm. residence.
0: See, what's uh, incredible and fantastic and surreal about the book is that it connects with our surreal times. Because using something that is, Beatles, you know, quite creative people, quite remarkable. Not all their songs are that great, some were quite remarkable. Using, you see, the work of artists, as well as you have the Bible, Beatles, and Helter Skelter. Using the Bible as well, you see, using That's right. the good book. That's right. The Beatles. Mm-hmm. That's right. For what? So how easy it is. To use something right. for perverse purposes. Right. Peace with honor.
3: Another thing to remember on this is the one thing that could get through the young people at that time more than, or at any time more than any other thing was the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Charlie made the music not a, uh, he made it a powerful thing of evil. Uh, right. See, aren't we, th- uh.
0: Keep going. I mean, anything, because there's so many questions to ask. I'm thinking of the fact that the cliches that are used that we hear every day. You know, the use of the word love. As earlier, Gypsy, whose voice we heard, says how much how he loves the world. And they spoke of love constantly. And didn't she, Susan? Oh, Susan in the prison. It's a remarkable scene. There are two traditional uh, members of the half world. Two women who who have been hookers. You know, right? Uh, who worked uh, as as prostitutes. Uh, with
2: Graham? Virginia Graham Virginia and, G- and Ronnie Each Howard. Each of them had about 15 or 20 aliases. You now,
0: theirs is a traditional half world life, and suddenly they're in contact with this middle
3: class girl,
0: very sweetly, little girlish, telling them these horrors. Matter of factly. And yeah. they don't
3: understand it. Right. Bottled their right. mind. She yeah, was yeah. imprisoned with them in, in mm-hmm. Sybil Brand Institute, I should probably add. And, mm-hmm. that, uh, and Sadie just came over and sat down on Virginia Sadie and Susan. Susan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia's bed one day and started rapping on this beautiful man named Charlie and then went on into the murders.
0: But it's her letter to after she realized that uh, Ronnie Howard when, went to the p- was so shocked she went to the police. And by the, uh, later on, I'm going ask what happened, the thoughts of Ronnie Howard and Catherine Graham what happened to them right. by the community at large. Gotta to come to that in a minute. Right. And, and uh, Susan says in the letter to her, those people died, meaning I suppose the people in the, right. the Polanski-Tate house, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, those people died not out of hate or anything ugly. I'm not gonna defend our beliefs. I'm just telling the way it is. I feel more at ease in some. When I first heard you were in the informer, I want to slit your throat, she says to uh, to Ronnie Howard. Then I snapped that I was the real informer. My throat I wanted to cut. Well, that's all over with, and I let the past uh, die away. It'll all turn out okay in the end, and the uh, love will still run forever. And here's the question of uh, uh, the talk of love. I see.
2: Yeah, well, here here Here's a family that... Uh that played together, uh, engaged in sex orgies together, dropped mm. acid did together. They pray together too. <laughs> they talked of love together. Mm. I don't think they prayed. Uh, read mm. the Bible together, mm. and yet they practiced murder. Mm. They practiced mm. murder. They did everything together.
0: Wow, uh, you Depends talk.
3: The sense of the word pray.
2: Yeah, you talking yeah. about a metaphor. For, uh,
0: wow. Uh, by the way, what happened? <laughs> the, the, there's a what happened to. A, the reactions of, of Catherine Graham <laughs> after she, what happened no, now respectable people at her because she informed on Susan Atkins.
2: Not Catherine w- Graham, th- but uh, Ronnie, Howard. It was Ronnie, Ronnie Howard. Ronnie Howard. Yeah. 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 Ronnie Howard on that. Ronnie
3: Howard. And I'm, but I'm sure uh, Graham had the, the same problems. Possibly. But she had a bullet fired through her window one night. She lost her jobs. She lost her jobs. She um, um, had people uh, yell names at her wherever she went. Um, they. In the underworld, uh, they because she finked on the family. Because yeah. she finked. Yeah. She's a
0: snitch. The word family is interesting, too, here. So, where does, so so the trial begins. We haven't talked about others in the case, have we? The the others in the... But if we talk about Susan Atkins, we almost talk about a, a key figure, don't we? S- right. Susan certainly uh, was key. Yeah. Right. And there was one though, none felt remorse except there, were, there was one. Linda Kasebe, ah. the
2: star witness. Yeah, Linda and that, that was Charlie's did, big mistake. You about. didn't kill anyone? Didn't kill anyone, never entered either residence. When I took her back to the Tate residence to show me where certain things had happened that night, uh, when we approached the gate, four vicious snarling dogs were on the opposite side of the gate and Linda started to cry. And I said, why are you crying, Linda? And she said, why couldn't they have been here that night? I mean, you know, if they had been there, perhaps these murders would never have occurred. She ended up being the star witness for the prosecution, and uh, she's the one that put the
3: hat on Charles Manson. She was on the stand for, I think, 18 days. 18 total, days of. Which uh, is longer than most, most trials. Right. And, and um, she was so Held up candle, candid. she talked talk about the orgies she'd participated in. she talked talk about this thing. she talked talk about that thing. Things that ordinarily might horrify a great number of people. But with Linda, it came across that this is the way things were. They never broke her testimony uh, yeah. or yeah. statements you once. Know, as you describe the orgies in the book uh, that
0: the family conducted with various visitors and 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 right. and the family themselves, I know there was no feeling involved here. It was just technique. It was just right. a design that Charlie had and.
3: And so Charlie was the maestro yeah. orchestrating the whole uh-huh. orgy, though. Uh-huh. Here we've got an impressive visitor. You know, uh-huh. here's a record producer. Here's somebody come to visit. Let's yeah. show him how to really make yeah. love. That yeah. sort of thing. And it was the thing he didn't. Uh, somebody didn't forget.
0: Again, a reflection. And I say, what well, the best-selling books about sex are not dealing with feeling, but how-to, how-to, how-to books. And so Charlie was a how-to man in himself, right. wasn't he?
3: Right. See. Right. It's like a—it's con- the
0: ripple in the water. But boy, oh boy, though those yeah. ripples
3: are forever, aren't they? Whether he was orchestrating a sex surgery or mm-hmm. whether he's conducting a murder screw, mm-hmm. uh, which he uh, he did too. Why is that, Linda? Of slit throats of pigs. Why is that, Linda? Escaped, psychically, she, and the others didn't. She'd only been at the Spawn Ranch for a short time. The others had been under Charlie's influence for a year or more, and Linda had only been there a month or so. She's very pliable, very docile. And, Vince had uh, should really talk about Linda because he had such
2: well I I feel that she she really was a uh, true flower child Uh, she she did have love in her heart and she had traveled from one commune to another throughout the land and she ended up with Manson and she thought that was just gonna be beautiful she had found Christ and uh, she testified that in all the communes where she had gone she had never seen anything like this because they were talking about love but uh, she saw all types of violence So she was aghast at what happened on these two nights of murder. She went along because she had to. She had a young child named Tanya who was with the family, and she felt that if she did not accompany the family when Manson told her to, perhaps the child, child would have been killed. But she escaped shortly after the uh, murders, went back to her husband in Arizona, and uh, she knew, she said from the very beginning, that she was the one that was going to have to tell the truth. and She took that witness stand. She was brutally frank. Her companion was the truth throughout, and uh, as Kurt says, they never cracked her one little bit on cross-examination. Did, did now we come, most came from
0: middle-class families, although Susan okay. came from a, a rough background, right. Charlie himself, of course, a very yeah. rough background. And did the parents, uh, did you get, in t- this is interesting, during that trial, did the parents of any
3: of them show? I'll, I'll go ahead, Kurt. During the penalty trial, the parents of, of two, uh, Patricia krenwinkle and, and let see, Leslie Van Houten testified, and I, I think Watson's parents t- testified during... Leslie uh, Watson, Van Houten was a homecoming yes, queen. Well, yes. At least one of the Homecoming par- princess. Homecoming yeah. princess. Either one of yeah. or both of the parents testified. Uh, Sadie's father wouldn't, uh, Susan Atkins' father wouldn't testify because he didn't want anything more to do with her, yeah. and uh, uh, Manson's mother was not called. But, the parents had stuck with them uh, all through it, and they got up and they told about one of the girls being a bluebird and a campfire girl mm-hmm. and Job's daughter and this sort of thing, mm-hmm. but you could tell that there was a, a complete incomprehension of how these children had gone on. One of the things that struck me, and I've been in this, in, never in this type uh, type story before, but struck me is how many victims there are in a murder case, and especially in this, you think of Sharon Tate, um, Sebring, Folger, Folger, the yeah. others, but you then all at once you think of their parents and their loved ones mm-hmm. that are victimized too, and then you think of the, these young girls and Watson's parents, that they are victims. They're also victims in a, the in a different, different degree, victim, right. and so the yeah. web just goes out. So many yeah. people are affected yeah. by you know tragedies like this. As as
0: we're talking, now the metaphors just you know, just sprout like weeds and. I think the Manson case and and our society and uh, the things we are taught. To Charlie, read page 233 of this quite remarkable book of Vincent Pagliosi and Kurt Gentry. To Charlie, fear was the same thing as awareness. Fear. It was a selling of fear. Whatever you do, don't ever let Charlie know you're afraid. Exactly. Fear turns Charlie on. And now I start thinking again of what we, I mean, quote, unquote, respectable families are taught whether well, we see it throughout the aspect of fear in our lives. And
2: this is a terribly mm-hmm. important thing for Charlie, but wasn't he it? He used it in a different sense. Yeah. Fear is a negative thing to, to most people, and they try to eliminate the fear mm-hmm. by confronting mm-hmm. that which causes the fear. Mm-hmm. Charlie wanted people to be in a state of fear. He says it's good because when you're uh, in a state of fear you're aware, he said that the heroes during wartime, they didn't commit, they didn't do these courageous acts out of courage, but out of fear. Uh, But we have to point out as Kurt does in the last paragraph of the book, Charlie, let let me just uh, read this last paragraph here, he said, In mid-October of 1973, some 30 prisoners in California's toughest lockup, Folsom Prison's 4A Adjustment Center, staged what was described by the San Francisco Chronicle as a peaceful protest against prison conditions. The man who used and championed fear did not participate. According to the Chronicle story, mass murderer Charles Manson is among the inmates in 4A, although prison spokesmen say he is not involved in this demonstration, Manson has been threatened by other inmates in the past, and authorities say he seldom ventures out of his cell for fear of mean attack. Mm. So Charlie has reverted to the conventional, the conventional definition of
3: fear. There's another irony there, too. When you were talking earlier about the celebrities, Charlie hitting out and celebrities mm. and therefore making him a celebrity, now if he goes out in the yard, any con that wants to make a rep... All he needs to do is put a shiv in Charlie's and back, he, back, and he's a celebrity. He becomes now. a celebrity. So see, here it, we so come comes to it. Trump And, and Trump.
2: Charlie doesn't have a high status in, in the prison hierarchy. If you kill a cop, or if you're a bank robber, you're high up. But when you kill a pregnant woman like yeah. Sharon Tate, or you're a child molester, you're way down low. And that's why Charlie's hiding out now. Yeah. So if some some prisoner somewhere
0: who is laying for Charlie Manson, They're because he gets him he will make the headlines, right? as Charlie did. He said suddenly he begins to fear. Hasn't, doesn't this remind you of political figures in our society, they get the very, very idea that the selling of fear and the person himself becoming fearful of life itself. It it? See, yeah. uh, Manson yeah. is, is more than Charlie Manson to me, that's why your book is so overwhelming. By the way, if we haven't pointed out the book is very gripping a suspenseful one, of the, how you describe the beginnings, how uh, the nature of the murders and and also bureaucracy over the police departments of the city and county. That's also part of sort of a macabre
2: humor involved here, too, isn't it? Well, they? the, the LA. The gum up, you know. Yeah, they, the errors were uh, monumental and they yeah. were constant. Mm-hmm. And I'm pro law enforcement, mm-hmm. of course, but they, uh, the, the murders were so, uh, so bizarre. The motive was so bizarre. You don't find this in yeah. a textbook on police science. And it kept the LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department, mm-hmm. constantly off balance. And we point out uh, the many, many errors of the police. However, in many areas they did do a good Mm. job and we point that out too. But I think it's going to be shocking to to many people to find out how uh, law enforcement very, very frequently can, as you say, gum up Mm. an important investigation like this case. You know what would be interesting now with Vincent Valiosi and Kurt Gentry? You
0: know what happened to you? How you, you're, you're being affected. Now you, a young prosecutor in L.A., and you were assigned the case. Right, that's right. What's yeah. happened to you, nine months?
2: Well, it's, it's changed my life, Studs. For uh, for one thing, uh, talking about fear again, I have a certain amount of fear. And as I say, I had a bodyguard for about a year and a half. My home was like a fortress. We had walkie-talkies inside the, uh, inside the house in case they cut the telephone wires on the outside of the residence, like they did to the Tate residence. And somehow, probably for the rest of my life, I'm gonna be identified with this case and with Charles Manson, so it, it's changed my life to that respect, in that respect. Well, well,
0: wait, when I say Charles Manson to you, right now, Vince right. Pagliosi, who was the prosecutor, and you, uh, well, for want of a phrase, you won the case. You know. mm-hmm. I'll ask you about that in a moment, too, the matter of capital punishment. You yourself, when
2: I say Charles Manson to you now, what thoughts come to your mind? thoughts that come to my mind are a very, very powerful uh, personality, a very frightening individual, uh, not an ordinary individual, a very rare individual. Someone you'd have to, to find a carbon copy of Charlie, you might have to search high and wide throughout the world. Uh, someone who changed my life, uh, who brought devastation on, like Kurt says, many, many, many people. Someone to be reckoned with, not, not to take lightly. <coughs> Uh, And yet I had an unusual relationship with him during the trial. We talked all the time and uh, he said I gave him a fair trial. He was fond of you, wasn't he? Well, he said I gave him a fair trial. At one time he took the stand and uh, he made the outrageous statement that I was a genius, which of course is a million miles off. we each had respect for each other in a different way. He respect, adversaries. Yeah, we, we respected each other as adversaries. I didn't obviously respect him for what he was doing, but I respected the power of his personality. And I will say this about Manson, there, there's a certain honesty in him. Uh, we'd have these private conversations and he was smart enough to know that no matter what he told me, I couldn't use it against him because I hadn't advised him of his constitutional rights. So they were just rapping sessions. But I would tell him, Charlie. You know, you know that I know that you ordered these murders. And Charlie would never directly deny it when I tried to put the hat on him. He'd always, he'd yeah, yeah. he would all—he'd be yeah. evasive. Uh, He—he'd—he'd spar with me, but he would never come out and tell me an outright lie and say I was not involved. Mm. So there was a certain honesty. No. In
0: now about you, Kerchent. You're a professional writer. You've a number of books you've done, including the book called Frame Up the. The, uh, the Tom Mooney case, Tom Warren Billings case. Uh, what's happened to you since you worked very closely with Vince and now as you do all the research on it with Vince, you know? And Vince what, and I how were you
3: affected? Vince and I had to keep our relationship very secret during the trial. Vince was under a death sentence for Manson, and he was under bodyguard, and there were ver- various reasons for keeping it quiet. And um, I think one of the things I developed quite a bit of paranoia. Once I got into the real story of what was happening behind the scenes, that the murders were continuing, that these people were on the loose. And as I encountered them, after a number of them moved to San Francisco, where I live, because they'd be close to the prisons where the boys were sent away, there was one period I hadn't had a gun before or anything like that. And for a period I slept with a gun under my pillow. And then I realized one night, let's say if a Sadie, a Leslie, and a Katie showed up and walked into my room at night with knives raised, and started and said that they wanted to kill me would I use that gun on these young girls or would I still be trying to argue them out of it and use my conventional my approach and say you shouldn't do this you know everything's yeah. going to be fine while they're still stabbing me yeah. in a certain sense the way that Manson went into the lobby anchor residence and tied them up and gave them unctuous promises and you know I, I would like to just say uh, one thing with respect <coughs> to Kurt. As you probably know, uh, Studs, most books
2: on criminal cases that come out shortly after the trial mm-hmm. when the publicity is still in the minds of mm-hmm. the uh, uh, population. This book right here, uh, Kurt devoted four years of his life, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked with him on it, of course. Four mm-hmm. years of his life towards putting this book together, and uh, he's, he's not just a writer, Kurt Gentry. He's a historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is accurate. Uh, we speculate now and then, but we call it speculation. And I personally was very, very honored that uh, a brilliant writer like Kurt Gentry agreed to do this book with me.
0: I think something else to addition. I, it is quite remarkable. So far what you've told me, Vince and Kurt, is that your the residue with you is fear. With fear, fear. Anything
3: else? No, I that as, as a result, of <coughs> I don't the think either one of us has a strong fear. Maybe it's that section you quoted when uh, no. don't show Charlie fear because no. fear I mean, turns Charlie I, on. Yeah, I mean, is the Manson case? I think. Mean I th- more to you. I've got a residue of sadness yeah. as to what's happened to so many of these people as a result of it, but I think I understand. A great. Uh, it's, it's such a complex case. So many things were involved with it just has to open your horizons, being involved with it.
2: One thing to eliminate some of the complexity, but not all, is the fact yeah. that we have 140 photographs yeah. in this book, and when you're wondering who this person is and how could they do this, it helps a little bit, or perhaps it confuses, mm-hmm. to take a look at uh, what these people look like. And
0: yeah, well, there they are. They're very. Uh, some of the girls are very attractive, pretty. Uh-huh. Some of the guys quite handsome. And Charlie, during his defense, he, he wanted to conduct his own defense for a while.
2: Yes, uh, he did. He wanted to be his own lawyer. The judge would not let him do that. However, if uh, as pointed out in the book, uh, there were four defense lawyers involved, one of whom ended up being murdered by the family. By the way, uh, but of these that four, that Ronald d- Hughes. He is Ronald Hughes. He vanished, and then his body turned up decomposed, and then, uh, ultimately one of the family members said that Hughes was the first of the retaliation murders. In any event, again, showing the power of Manson's personality, although he was not his own lawyer. Basically, he was calling the shots for the entire defense team. You know what I'm reading now? Charlie's speech. You eat meat, he's talking to society now, isn't he? Yes. To
0: you, to meet all of us. You eat meat, you kill things that are better than you are, and then you say how bad, even killers, your children are. You made your children what they are, and then you italicized. These children that come at you with knives, they are your children. You taught them. I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up, that is to be recognized as celebrities, which indeed they became. I am only, and here, you can project it back at me, I am only what lives inside each and every one of you. My father is the jailhouse. my father is your system. I am only what you made me. I am only a
2: reflection of you. That's right. It all always saying that. Strong, strong statement. Uh, there's a certain merit to it, too. Uh,
0: I was gonna say, uh, uh, Charlie makes a pretty strong case, doesn't he? <laughs> One last thought, and that's it. It was, you asked for the death penalty and he got the death penalty right at the moment. Uh, yes. There, there's commutation. Uh, Do you think that capital punishment will stop the Mansons of the world?
2: No, uh, I don't think the death penalty uh, is a deterrent to people like Charles Manson. I don't think the death penalty is a deterrent to most premeditated killers. On the other hand, I am confident, and I think I have evidence to support this, that the death penalty, when it's being carried out, is a deterrent to some premeditated killers. Some people think twice when they know that they themselves might end uh, end up in the gas chamber.
0: Has it ever really happened? I don't know. If has it ever really happened that when somebody murders, whether well, it be out of
2: passion or premeditation, he rethinks way, way back? Well, uh, a, a, a killing out of passion, a heat of passion killing, doesn't carry no. the death penalty anyway. Your premeditated murder is the one where someone might think about it for a half hour, a day, a month in advance. Mm-hmm. And we, we've we had mm-hmm. uh, people admit on tape voluntarily that they were about to kill someone mm-hmm. and they thought of the gas chamber mm-hmm. and they decided not to do it. Perhaps I wonder <laughs> so,
0: myself. Um, I think it's a uh, complex question. I think it's barbaric. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I think official official execution is as barbaric as other people.
3: However, I'm, I'm a, anti. I should add, yeah. that I'm anti okay. capital punishment. I don't think. And uh, that. but yeah. going and writing this book and living yeah. with it for four years and yeah. getting to know the Manson family th- through Vince, um, my beliefs were severely tested yeah. <laughs> many yeah, times. Yeah, but
0: if he says there is such thing as death, you see. Mm. And they know the other thing is death.
2: And they know the not thing is life. Sharon, Sharon Tate's husband, Roman Polanski, has, has always been very much against the death penalty. But he wanted the death penalty for his wife's killers. Well, I can understand a man's yeah. grief.
0: Of course, it's quite understandable, right. a man's grief. Right. Helter-skelter is the book. And it, uh, this is more, by the way, this last thing is just a divergence on my part. The, the um, book is about Charles Manson, but the book is about us, quite obviously, I think. The true story of the Manson murders. And Vincent Pugliosi and Kurt Gentry did it, and it's a remarkable work. It's a terrible book, terrible and uh, at the same time quite revealing. Norton of the Publishers, and it's available. Thank you very much. Thank you, so
3: Thank you, says says you Mr. Thank you, Mr. you.